Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is November 19th, 2018. This week, Families and friends all over America will be sitting down together to celebrate Thanksgiving. In many homes, there's a tradition of going around the table, with each person saying what they are thankful for. In most homes, I suppose, the answers will be genuine, sometimes funny and sometimes profound. However, if at any table prosperity is mentioned as a blessing, it should be recognized that this is, in large measure, due to low inflation. Because of low inflation, Even very weak nominal wage gains are at last translating into real increases in personal income. In October, CPI inflation was 2.5% year-over-year, and average hourly earnings for production on supervisory workers were up 3.2% year-over-year, resulting in the best real wage gain in 16 months. Because of low inflation, the Federal Reserve is able to take its time in normalizing short-term interest rates, and its job will likely be done at rates well below levels seen in previous expansions. The Fed now regards a nominal federal funds rate of 3% as an equilibrium level and may well avoid rate hikes beyond that level in 2019. This contrasts sharply with the peaks of 5.25%, 6.5% and almost 10% in the three prior tightening cycles. This prospectively much lower peak on short-term interest rates reduces the risk of a further steady rise in an already overvalued dollar or of an uncontrolled sell-off in emerging markets. Because of low inflation, long-term interest rates are also being restrained, as lenders have less need to demand compensation for future fast-rising prices. This is, of course, helping borrowers, but it's also limiting losses for those who are currently holding long-term bonds. Because interest rates are low, the federal government is able to finance an ever-growing public debt at still very low interest costs. In the just-ended fiscal year, while federal debt as a share of GDP hit a 68-year high, the net interest cost of servicing that debt was just $371 billion, or less than 2% of GDP. And because inflation and interest rates are low, U.S. stocks do not look overpriced relative to bonds. As of last Friday, the S&P 500 was selling at roughly 15.6 times forward operating EPS, a little below its 25-year average of 16.1 times. This puts the earnings yield on stocks at 6.4%. However, partly because of low inflation, BAA bond deals closed last week at roughly 5.3%, well below the 25-year average of 6.6%. This still makes stocks look somewhat cheap relative to bonds, even in the 10th year of a bull market in equities. But given how much financial markets owe to low inflation, what are the chances they can still toast low inflation a year from now? In fact, the chances are pretty good. First, it should be recognized that the economy is likely to slow, although not stall, in the months ahead. Last Thursday's retail sales report, while strong for the month of October, contained downward revisions to numbers for August and September, suggesting a little less consumer momentum than in recent quarters. Housing starts and existing home sales, due out this week, are unlikely to show much momentum, and both the flash manufacturing PMI index and the durable goods orders could show some weakness, although the latter report will have been distorted by volatile aircraft orders. Overall, it appears that growth may be decelerating to a pace of between 2% and 3% for the fourth quarter, following a strong middle of the year. Moreover, without further fiscal stimulus, which looks unlikely in the wake of the midterm elections, growth could stay at that pace before signing to something closer to 2% by the second half of next year. At first glance, strong wage growth might seem more likely than strong economic growth to trigger higher inflation. As mentioned earlier, 
In October, the average hourly earnings of production non-supervisory workers rose by 3.2% year-over-year in the strongest reading since April of 2009. However, productivity is also rising. Real GDP per worker in the third quarter was up by 1.7% year-over-year, in its best performance in over three years. It's critical to recognize that wages are supposed to rise more strongly than consumer prices because labor over time should become more productive. The net impact of wages in boosting inflation can be found by subtracting productivity growth from wage growth. Doing this, or alternatively looking at the Bureau of Labor Statistics' measure of unit labor costs, suggests that strong wage growth did not boost consumer inflation in the third quarter and probably won't do in the quarters ahead, provided productivity gains remain above 1% and wage growth stays close to current levels. Oil prices have been a traditional villain in boosting U.S. inflation. However, today, due to a recent surge in both U.S. crude oil production and inventories, oil prices have fallen sharply, with West Texas Intermediate crude closing at $56.46 on Friday, down almost $20 from its level of six weeks ago. This should feed into lower gasoline prices in the weeks ahead, and over the next year, the year-over-year increase in overall CPI inflation should once again sit below the core CPI inflation rate, which excludes food and energy. Both of these numbers are likely to remain close to 2% over the course of 2019. Of course, higher tariffs on Chinese goods could put some upward pressure on consumer goods. However, an escalation of a trade war with China would also have some strong deflationary impacts by slowing the global economy and likely boosting the dollar. There are, of course, many areas of uncertainty and instability as we head into 2019. However, most likely U.S. inflation won't be one of them. If 2019 does turn out to be a prosperous new year, we may again want to raise a glass to low inflation at the Thanksgiving table one year from now. Well, that's it for this week. I'd like to wish you all a very peaceful and happy Thanksgiving. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.